0: Age-old question: Should I buy first or should I sell first? Plagues most Victorian homeowners when they need to change the family nest. It's a scary time, as either way you do it, the worst-case scenario is that you could be left with bridging finance or left homeless, depending on which way you go. Today, we are going to get some expert advice on how you can weigh up which to do first: buy first or sell first, depending on your circumstances.
1: You're listening to Real Estate Right. Top experts talk about how to buy, sell, rent and invest right. Your host is Sue Langder.
0: Real Copyright is a team of professional copywriters with expert knowledge on Melbourne real estate, Melbourne's architectural history, Interior design trends, lifestyle trends, and so much more. If you're looking for a copywriter who knows Melbourne property, contact Lisa on 5977-89 7 7 8 8 or send her an order at orders at realcopyright.com.au. David Banks from Gels Craig Burundara is on again today to talk to us about if we should buy first or if we should sell first. David is a licensed estate agent with over a decade of experience in real estate sales and has seen it all, consistently helping his clients navigate the best way to approach the buying and selling process. So welcome Dave, how are you today?
1: I'm well, Sue, and thank you for having me back on your podcast and and thank you to all the listeners for tuning in again.
0: Yeah, thank you for coming on. Now, Dave, how often would you get clients sitting on the fence asking do I buy first or do I sell first?
1: Well I think it's just one of those questions that will will always depend on the different age and stage of of where people are at in their life but yeah that's a really common dilemma uh, because it's going to depend on you know your finances and and do you are you going to feel more comfortable knowing about where you're going to go and live next or do you feel more comfortable knowing how much you've got in your back pocket to go and spend, Mm -hmm. having already sold, um, and will that put you ahead of of another buyer? And -hmm. that might also be dependent on the market.
0: Yeah. Now, I know I'm guilty of doing both. I have (laughs) um, bought first and freaked out that I need to organise, you know, settlement the same day. So, you know, you sell for hopefully a good price, but not quite sure. No, actually, have I I sold first? I can't remember. I've done, I did Northern Street at Desmond. That was a buy first, then sell. And then Desmond, we rented. And then I rented. And then I rented. I bought first twice. Hmm. Yeah.
1: Okay. And how did did you feel with the different scenarios? Well. Because it's emotional either way.
0: Look, it is, it is, but I think most, I'm a bit of an impromptu person. I'm a bit like, oh, let's just buy this and hopefully the um, bank will give me the money. <laughs> and it's always been a very stressful thing um, in those last few weeks. It's getting worse, I must admit. The banks are getting worse in terms of lending money in the time frame that you need it, um,
1: well, I think all that has slowed down. Not just because of COVID, but just because of different yeah. rules that the banks and APRA have brought in. And what used to take um, two yeah. weeks, maybe or, or ten days, your finance organised is now yeah. taking four weeks or six weeks or longer. Uh, and that approval yeah. may last you for three months, and then it expires, and you Ask have to again. go out to the back to your broker and and get that renewed again. And, mm-hmm. and hopefully, you can get the borrow the same amount yeah. or Maybe you'd be able to borrow a bit more or if the yeah. rules change, you might be able to borrow a little bit less and and that can be a game changer. Mm.
0: So how about you? What have you done? Have you bought and sold?
1: I have uh, bought first yeah. and then sold second. Yeah. And it was a good experience because of the market. At the time. And that was in 2015. Yeah. So I bought earlier in 2015 before the market took off. Mm-hmm. And then, when I was selling, uh, a few months, three months later, because I had a five-month settlement, I would negotiated. Yeah. Um, I I probably did get nearly ten percent more than I was expecting. Yeah. But that was a product of the growth in the market. At the time. Now, the only question I had afterwards was, would I have bought something different, mm.
0: knowing you, you had in to the first
1: place, it. knowing what I was going to get?
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: But I took a smaller mortgage instead, and it was all okay yeah
0: yes yes it's um it's tricky it is like yeah i've i've bought well I've, I've got three properties now so um i've bought two and i have left yeah so yeah i've only really bought and sold i uh, bought first and sold in two situations but both yeah both bought first mm. yeah anyway now so getting into the questions Why do people like to buy first?
1: I I think that um, it reminds me of a story that a colleague of mine was telling me many years ago when she had uh, four daughters under the age of eight. And um, she, the house that they were in was too small Mm -hmm. and they needed to upsize. And she felt an incredible amount of comfort buying first Mm -hmm. and selling second because she didn't want to be homeless for her girls and for the family, and not knowing where they're going to go and live, yeah. so she took great comfort in buying first, having that home that they were looking forward to, and then selling second. Mm. Her husband could not handle that stress; yes. did not handle that pressure very well. They came out at the other side, and it was all good by buying and selling in the same market. And we, maybe we can come to that later. Yeah. Um, but that was her experience of of the buy first, sell second. Yeah. However, when they when it came to downsizing that she sold first mm. and they bought second yes and whilst her husband handled that process very well, Jen did not handle the yeah. that stress very very well and, and literally it was sort of that last weekend before they were going to have to start looking at rental properties mm. that they managed to secure a property in a, in a hot market wow and and had to knock out a number of bidders and maybe pay a little bit more than they were hoping to, but secure Yes, their next property. Mm.
0: Yes, it is very much about what stage in life you're in, isn't it? Like upside. Yeah,
1: and, and I think a lot of downsizers like to know if you're downsizing from a, a big family home you've maybe been in for 30 or 40 yeah. years, it's a, it's a really emotional decision to, yes. to make that move. Yeah. And then to find the perfect home as a downsizer for that next 10, 15, 20 years yes. can be hard. mm but knowing Especially that with you're that. trading down into that in, in, a, in a
0: yeah
1: in the same market be trading down financially yeah, so you'll have the financial the
0: part would take the pressure off a little bit but at the same time you want to know that you're buying something that you will be you know you you love you know that you know that you'll mm-hmm. be happy in that space mm. and yeah. as you said it's and
1: sometimes those downsized properties don't actually you know, like financially like logically they're not worth sometimes what they're paid for, mm. but the value is in the peace of mind and the comfort that
0: yeah.
1: I can live very safely in this single level home Yes. on a smaller block with less garden, mm. in a little community maybe with two or three other properties yeah. that we can get along with And and sort of what price do you put on that emotional security? Yes,
0: yes, definitely. Now, people... Why do people like to sell first? Obviously we've we've sort of touched on it a little bit,
1: but you know, is there a broader answer? Yeah, I've got I've got a, it makes more sense for them to know what they've got in their back pocket. Yes. Um, and and I think also with their with what they're selling being an apartment, it actually will make the, the job easier for the broker to maybe even get them a little bit more money from the banks. Mm. Yeah. or from the lender yeah. so that they can go into the market with no questions on what they can spend. Yeah. And if it means that they're at an auction bidding against someone who hasn't sold, then that other buyer who hasn't sold might hesitate yeah. and might not spend it, not might not bid that extra ten or 20000 mm. And therefore, my clients will have an advantage. Yeah. They can be quickly, decisively, uh, right down to the last cent. Mm. And that will probably be the difference with them buying a property or missing out on their dream home next. Yeah.
0: Sounds good. I think we're talking about a couple of strategies that we're talking about later in the in the in the podcast. But that's okay. That's all good. Um, <laughs> now, obviously with different markets, it could also be deciding factor why you would buy or sell first. So if it's a buyer's market, should it, you know, should we buy or sell first?
1: Well, if the market is is plateaued, if it's a le- level playing field, yeah. if it's an even market, then uh, I think it's a, it probably doesn't matter. Yeah. I think it's more around um, the agent stage that's going to work for you. Yes. Um, but buying and selling in the same market is the best advice that any agent can give mm. a, a client. Because you do
0: hear of um, many people who go, oh, look, I'm going to sell first and then we're going to rent for like 12 months and then we'll, you know, see what our options are, you know. And it's like.
1: That's all well and good, but what's going to happen in that 12 months? Yeah. I hear it a lot. I'm sure you do too. Yeah. I mean, everyone's got the, everyone wants the crystal ball. Yes. Everyone wants to sell at the peak and buy at the bottom, but the reality is that by the time you realise it was the bottom, mm. that's already gone beyond that and is back up on the rise again. Yeah. We know the market's working in cycles. Yes. And for me, it's probably more about the right property, mm. finding the right home that is going to suit you and the family. Yeah. And it doesn't matter whether it's boom or doom. You, you buy the property because it's the right property. Yes. For you,
0: not for anybody yeah. else, for you. Correct. Yeah. 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 So if it was a... Sellers' market, obviously, which means that so many buyers out the there. The market's on the rise. Yep. Um, would it be better? Like if, if you were on that um, seesaw of not sure which way to go, would you sell first or would you buy first?
1: I think you find yourself trying to buy when the market's a little bit lower in yeah. that seller's market. Yes. And hope and pray that the market continues to rise. Yeah and that you can then come out better on the other side in six or eight weeks' time.
0: But, yeah. you're,
1: but you're risking that the market may drop, yeah. may, not, may change.
0: May change. But in saying that, I think, like, over the last, well, last year, there was a stage there where there was, like, six to eight buyers on almost every property. So it mm-hmm. was quite scary trying to secure a property so you would Knowing that the market was, you know, booming and there were so many, you know, buyers out there, you'd probably be better to buy first before you sold.
1: Yes, because you know that there's going to be other buyers who will buy your home. Yeah,
0: because if you've been to every auction and there's been six buyers that, you know, people putting their hands up all the time, you go, well, there's going to be somebody who's going to love my home. So you you take that, you would take that um, risk, I'd say. Yeah.
1: And there's always risk art in any way that you do it. There's no perfect way of doing it.
0: Yeah. And you also have to remember that your style is not necessarily the same as everybody else's style. So, you know, unless you've got something that looks like it was renovated in the last three or four years, it's really one of those things where, you know, they could always have that little bit of doubt in Mm -hmm. what you've got and the likability, the lovability of it, I guess. Yeah. What if? What if? What if I change the colour scheme to grey instead of taupe? (laughs) All that sort of stuff. Okay. Now, Claire from Ascot Vale has been told by her solicitor to organise some bridging finance. What is bridging finance and what is it going to cost me?
1: Well, bridging finance is one of those special little things where when you've got... The loan period between your settle- the two settlement periods yeah. of what you've bought and what you've sold. So essentially, your, what you've bought settles first, and you need that extra money until your property settles to pay for what you've bought.
0: Yeah. So for instance, and if- that's
1: going to be a bit more expensive than just a normal
0: mm-hmm.
1: loan by a few percent um, for that six week, eight week, however long the period is, the difference is- that you need that. That finance bridged for.
0: So, say you have a million dollar mortgage on your first house, and that's a lot. But you know, say you've got a million dollar mortgage on the first house, you sell it for two million dollars. You buy your next place for two and a half. Mm -hmm. You've essentially got your first million dollars, plus that two and a half, and costs. That you're paying mm-hmm. bridging finance on, or well, not? Not the first million. The first million you've actually got secured in your first mortgage, but you're paying bridging finance on one point five. Although, sorry, two point five million dollars. Yeah,
1: plus stamp, plus the stamp duties costs.
0: for mm. a short period yep. of time. Yes, but it's as you said, it's a slightly higher percentage. Yeah.
1: yeah. And that will vary depending yeah. on the market and interest rates, of course, and e one time. Yeah. But,
0: yeah, but basically, you've got loans out,
1: a lot of debt, a lot of for debt for a short period.
0: Yeah, <laughs> and that can be scary for some.
1: Oh, it's inc- it would be incredibly scary
0: because that could be yeah. a question of you know four, five, six thousand dollars extra on that month. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that's the cost of. The cost of doing business, that's yeah. the cost of buying first and selling second.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: The, the process controls you Yeah, probably more than you get to control it. Yes. I think if you sell first, yeah. you control the settlement period. You control any conditions that the buyers might be putting on that sale. Mm. You get to be in a lot more control. Yeah. You have less control in terms of what properties will come to market and what you'll choose to buy, Mm. but you've still got control.
0: Yeah. Yes. So, for instance, if you sold first and, yeah, you could say, look, I'm happy to have a six-month settlement because that buys you time to Mm -hmm. secure a property with maybe a 90-day settlement that might coincide with.
1: And try and dovetail everything together.
0: Yeah. Oh, I've done that plenty of times. That's scary too. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. When my partner sold his house, the people who bought his house organized their settlement the same day as ours. And then people who bought their house organized their settlement the same day.
1: Oh, there's a lot of dominoes.
0: Oh, yeah. And so it was like 11 o'clock, one o'clock. No, I think it was even... Earlier, anyway, eleven o'clock, one o'clock, three o'clock. For instance, there were the three settlements, and the first one was an hour and a half late. Mm. So we were all hour and a half late. I think, well, I think we still like that was days.
1: probably before the days before Pexa, and now they can yeah. do them all at the same time, and money yeah. will just magically go between everywhere, and it can all sort itself out.
0: Yeah, that was only three and a half years ago. Yeah yeah
1: pexa Pexa has made a big big difference
0: big difference yeah Yeah. beautiful
1: very efficient
0: yes so that was that was scary that's for sure and then my first time i settled was um we settled exactly the same time and then the owners from the house we bought were still moving their stuff out when our our trucks turned up and they're like oh well you can have this back of the house while we you know move our stuff from the front of the house i'm like and then, so there's two moving trucks going at the same time. And, um, and then she decided that she would sage the house so that she, we had fresh, clean energy in the house. Yeah, that didn't work. That was the house I decided that I needed to leave the ex-husband.
1: <laughs> I had a settlement once where the vendors actually hadn't moved out by the time settlement had occurred oh really and the purchases and they hadn't actually started packing
0: oh wow
1: Uh, let's just say the police ended up getting involved oh because they'd no longer owned the property
0: yeah so they were squatting
1: trespassing trespassing anything you want to call it yeah yeah
0: interesting Um, Now, we're going to have a short break and come back with more from David Banks from Jealous Craig Boroondara, where we will talk about some strategies that could make you feel more comfortable with the decision to buy first or sell first.
1: You're listening to Real
0: Estate Right, and we are talking to David Banks from Jealous Craig in Borandara about what to do buy first or sell first. Now, Dave, what are some strategies we should apply if we want to sell first?
1: I think getting the house ready and prepared, regardless of whether you're going to sell first or buy first, is really important. So that if you do find the right home and you do choose to buy first, then Basically, the next week you can be getting ready and having photos, floor plans, copywriting done, yeah. all those different things to get to get your campaign live. Yes, there's there's there, otherwise you're going to be spinning your wheels. You're going to lose two or three weeks um, getting in some trades to do some painting and gardening and styling and all those different things mm-hmm. that take time. But if you've got all that ready and prepared, then you're just waiting to find and buy and secure the right property. Yeah. Also, having, as I said earlier, talking about finance, having all your finance organized, having your bridging finance organized, Mm. having all that money, all those boxes ticked. Yeah. So that if you do sell first, well, then, or buy first again, you're ready to go.
0: Yeah. I'm a bad
1: person for that. Don't worry. I've bought a house without finance.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Get your finance organized.
1: (laughs) Yes. Don't be a Definitely if you're selling first and get your house ready if you're buying first.
0: I guess the scariest possibility is that we're left homeless if we sell first and don't find something suitable to buy. What are Mm. some options for short-term accommodation?
1: Uh, Some clients I had last year that um, found themselves in that situation um, actually did a a longer-term rental on an Airbnb and negotiated with the the property owner and they just had a... uh, an existing agreement just to, to, to have the property as long as they needed it. Yeah, nice. So they had an automatic income f- as an, as the Airbnb owner. Yeah. Um, and uh, that fixed the problem yeah. very, very easily. And, and without tying them into a fixed lease of a, of a rental property and paying a bond and all those different things.
0: And like, I've done that to myself. I did a two, two month Airbnb in St. Kilda once. Um, but the beauty of it, that sort of thing, is you don't have to pay utilities, like none of that's in your name. You don't have to pay insurance because it's not yep. your property. You know,
1: put all your furniture in storage. You put your furniture in storage.
0: Um, I've yeah. used shipping containers to put my stuff in storage so that it actually stays in the shipping container. And so when it's ready to move to my next location, it's not a lot of fussing around to getting it out of a storage facility and moving it back into a truck because it's ready to go. Um
1: less handling. Less handling, less expense.
0: Yeah, and there's great options like that I think to um to get it, you know, to take advantage of. And because it's such a big Airbnb market, um there are plenty of owners who are happy to um you know, have that Long-term lease. like I, I think I, you know, we're talking, what was it two thousand twelve? I think I paid eight hundred dollars a week for this two-bedroom apartment, fully furnished, all utilities, um, and my baby. And I'm finding
1: more and more vendors are actually doing Airbnbs during their campaign. Yeah, they move out of their house, particularly if they've got kids. Yeah, um, and make it a little mini holiday. Yeah, but at the same time, not have to stress about. All the extra cleaning and tidying, and selling a property with little sticks of dynamite.
0: Yes, is that what kids are called? Little sticks of dynamite.
1: Well, <laughs> oh, they bounce around everywhere. <laughs> they they go into a room and there's just toys exploding everywhere. Yes, they do. <laughs> Lego exploding all over the floor. <laughs> oh wait, we got the open for inspection in ten oh, minutes. Yay! Oh bugger.
0: <laughs> See, I usually. Um, suggest to people try and have a Thursday open for inspection. Have your cleaner come in the Thursday morning, you know, Thursday night's takeaway, Friday night's takeaway, Saturday, you know, you have your breakfast, small clean up, leave the house, do your inspection, and then you live normally for four and a half days mm. and do it and repeat.
1: Do it all again. <laughs> Rinse and repeat.
0: <laughs> Rinse and repeat. Um, <laughs> yeah and yeah but we've got a Wednesday open instead it's like oh okay well that makes it a bit you know a different scenario but yeah um yeah it's all good um now is there anything else that homeowners should know before they make that decision to buy sell buy or sell first
1: Well, I think the time of year is the other topic in the in the other part of the equation so when it comes to spring, we often do see that October and November mm. is a really busy period
0: mm.
1: in activity.
0: Yeah.
1: And selling a property during that time becomes more competitive. Mm. Yes, there's still buyers, but there's also more homes for sale. Mm. So that in itself just means that buyers might not be looking at your home and two others. Mm. They might be considering your home and six others. Mm. And, and that lends itself to buyers being a little bit more fickle or um, there's just a supply and demand equation yes. so sometimes my conversation is about having that um what about putting your, your home to market during august or september yeah when there's less competition there's less homes to sale and then you're that buyer in that october november period when you have the choice of the market mm. and more homes to uh to consider yes so you can go along and Yes, we like that one and we like three others. And if we don't buy that one, well, that's okay. There's, there's three more to choose from. Mm. And you can then be that fickle buyer who actually uh, sells for a little bit of a higher price in August, September, and then maybe buys at a genuine market price as opposed to slightly inflated market price in yeah. that busier period. Yeah. And in the first half of the year, well, then you could be selling in Feb, March and buying in, in May, June. Mm. I think that's wise
0: advice. I must admit I have had an auction on the last day of November or last Saturday of November, and it was the worst result I've had out of all four properties I've sold.
1: Yeah. Mm. Mm. Yeah. And people selling in December are doing it because they have to, not because they want to.
0: Yes. Yes. That's, yeah, it's usually um, deceased estates. It's
1: investors going bought something in october what they have to sell someone's bought something in october they have to sell it in in the november december yes
0: that too um and there's the um yeah and there's the investors who who are like you know what i'm sick of this you know in my system i want to get rid of it so yeah yeah all the divorces yeah that's the other thing yeah Mm -hmm. yeah they're like a
1: lot of separation sales in february march
0: Because, well, there's divorces happening <laughs> in December, and then sales happening in February, March. But, but the divorce is in well, December. They, they hang on
1: till Christmas. You, they hang on for one more Christmas.
0: Yeah. Well, there's that, and then, but then divorce from now, like they don't want to be holding on another two months, like because it's going to be mm-hmm. f- realistically February before they auction again. So, if they're really yeah. if if they if it's been fluffing around for a year or two through the courts, they go. Let's just get rid of this now, um, because I'm sick of. I, I can't. Don't I think I could do another couple of months. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Unfortunately, yeah. it yes, does. It's, it's, it's a, an on. unfortunate reality. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, David, for helping real estate right listeners with this common dilemma. How can buyers and sellers get in contact with you?
1: Oh, look, you know, anytime that someone wants to um, ask a question, my number is 0422 868 410. And I look forward to having conversations with um, anyone that has any questions.
0: Beautiful. Thank you so much. And we will also have your details in our show notes and our social media. Now, next week, we have Mark Perry from Melbourne Insurance Brokers to talk to us about our home and contents insurance and how that can be affected when you put your property on the market. So don't miss it. Real Estate Right is produced by Real Copyright, one of Melbourne's leading real estate copywriting companies, and it's written hosted and produced by me, Sue Langaner, with the support of my production and social media assistant, Lisa Fisher. All information given on this podcast is a guide only and delivered to help you understand the intricacies that can happen in real estate. We recommend that you get professional advice that is designed for your own personal circumstances. We would like to thank Podbean for hosting this podcast Premium Beat for their music, Francis Morello for his voiceover, and Zoom for the recording. If you have a real estate story that is inspiring or a great how to tip, please contact Lisa on 5977 9 to find out how you can be a guest on Real Estate Right in 2022. If you would like to know more about our copywriting services, please email Lisa at orders at realcopyright.com.au. Thank you for listening to Real Estate Right. It's where buyers, sellers, renters and investors get their real estate right.